The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And welcome back to episode 80 of Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> You know, I, I really don't know. There's coffee, right? <laughs> brewing? It's coffee brewing, yeah, but I haven't had any yet, so, mm. uh, you know. Mm. I, I, was trying to go, I was trying to go for that, that smooth 70s DJ playing the hits of yesterday and today. Going through real analog gear. Uh, we are, actually. I know. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. We have uh, console picking up the preamps, mm, feeding yum. into... Uh, Compressor that is compressing all of our voices. One. And then, you know, well, cabling going into a converter. You know, no cables tape, are important. You yeah. don't want to leave that. Uh, I did lots of early recordings on $5 Long & McQuaid bulk buy XLR cables. And it was fine. Well, yeah, yeah I'm sure they were. Well, I listen back and I hear more of how shitty I was at recording and mixing rather than um, the cable. I'm still shitty at recording and tracking, <laughs> but I'm pretty good at mixing and mastering, I think. But that's the beauty of this. Mm-hmm. You're always learning. It always changes. It's good. I, and you know what? I don't, I don't know that it always changes, but I do feel like I'm always learning. For, ex- for example... Um, I, Joey, I, I don't remember if we talked about this, but I've started using dynamic EQs. I've, I've owned a dynamic EQ for almost a year now, maybe since October, actually. Um, plug in on the computer. Uh, but I started using it a few projects ago. I really, really like it. Are you talking about to do electronic music like with sweeps and things like that? No, 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 or are you no, no, talking no. about No, uh, so 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 what a dynamic EQ is, it's a combination of a compressor and an EQ. Yeah. Um, but specifically it <laughs> it compresses certain frequencies. It, it compresses certain frequencies yeah. and you can you can and it not not like a multiband compressor. Okay. It it compresses on the curve. Right? Like so you, so you can you can you set your EQ curve, like the, let's say you want to notch out 400 hertz. Right. Use an easy one. You want to notch out 400 hertz because, you know, every second line, the singer has a really like 400 hertz note. Right. <laughs> Maybe they hit a flat A. I don't know. Um, that's probably terrible math. But um, mm-hmm. uh, so what it will do is just uh, those times... It will it will reduce it will notch out or it will cut out a little four hundred hertz. Wow, nice. As per your curve that you've that you've pre set up. 
you know, based on the threshold, but it, it leaves the rest of the 400 hertz. Normal. It leaves left, left the rest of the performance, it leaves the rest of the performance untouched, except for those times when the 400 hertz in the voice exceeds the threshold. Anyway, so I've been using it. I've been, I've been using it on a lot of things, um, including I, I've done it on some buses as well. Um, and that's been, you have to show me that because it, to me that it does sound like a, a multi-band compressor, hmm. but it's not right. It's not. No. See a multi-band compressor divides the, divides the, the spectrum into, into Five. two or more, yeah. um, bands and compresses the entire large region. Yes. Um, and it's more like a, yeah, it, it, it compresses that entire region. Um, but with this, I could just have a little tiny narrow bell curve on a specific frequency and nothing else can be touched. Or I can have, I, I think this particular one that I have allows me to do up to six different frequencies independently of each other, all with different, all with different thresholds and different shapes and curves. I can have one, I can have one that's a, that's a, a shelf. I can have one that's a, that's a bell curve. I can do a, it has this interesting, um, bell curve shape. That's a, they call it a band shelf. That's very much like a multiband compressor, sh uh, shape, right? Oh, okay. But it's, but it's, it's, it, instead of, instead of the bell, instead of it being a bell, it curves down into a flat section before it curves back up again. Mm -hmm. Really, really nice. Anyway, so I've, I've been, I've been abusing these things to, um, I've been working on a handful of home recordings the last couple months. Um, and it's been, it's been a savior for, for a lot of those that have less good, um, microphone technique or, or recording techniques or what have you. Still haven't given me any of those multi-track files. Not that I can do anything with them right now. What was I? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what? When, when you're up and ready, come back and ask for stuff. Um, and then I'll I'll give you stuff because I won't remember, <laughs> and you won't be able to do with anything do anything with them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just remember you saying you were editing some stuff you you did like forever ago. Asked if I would be interested in having those up. files, and yeah, I never got those files. Well, you, yeah. Okay. Well, remind but me about it. I and, will and remind you when I have a computer up and running because I I have I have both of those EPs. Because there's a four a four song EP and a and a seven song EP yeah. that I was working through, um, both of them are edited and um, and bounced out into a multi track um, wave files. Okay, easy to drop in. Sure. Yeah. Um, vocals have been tuned. There's there should be no editing things unless there's something um, like there was there was one track that uh, there was one track where there was some there was some mouth noise and some background noise in between a section that I okay that I had to go in and, you know, but okay. Stuff like that, that I probably forgot or missed or whatever, but that's stuff I usually go in and edit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, the moment you put on a, if you don't hear it on, on your rough mix, the moment you put a compressor on something, you're like, Oh, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So I, I've been loving these, these dynamic EQs. I have the, I have the one from Isotope that's packaged in with the with the uh, with ozone. Yeah, I, 
I still wish I could get a copy of uh, version five. I have five. Yeah, because six, I mean, there's some treats in there, but I don't know what they did. They tried to fix something that wasn't broken. Well, the only thing the only thing I like better about five, well, there's two things I like better about five than seven. I have seven. And that's, I like the look, like the, the graphic, green? The graphic interface. They're yeah. all kind of greenish, yeah. grayish. But the five and earlier versions all kind of looked like a device. And six and seven, they made look like that flat. Um, yeah, I don't like the current uh, yeah. look of six and seven. Yeah. They're, going after, they're going after that Ableton crowd, right? That, I know the, what yeah. they're doing. I yeah. just, I prefer my tools to look like tools yes. rather than look like, like, cheesy computer graphics yeah and i don't like things being hidden behind menus yeah because then they're hidden. that weren't hidden before <laughs> like what i'm just thinking like cubase and then like oh invert yeah. phase button Jeez. oh i have to go through menus to just find that thing i know i know um such a pain i've been maybe i will do that I'm, I'm um the, this whole so so Pro Tools as of version twelve point three. Mm-hmm. Let me re, let me take a step back. We we've we've talked a handful of episodes ago about exploring new DAW options. Yeah, because I'm really unsatisfied with the DAWs that I have for various reasons. Um, Cubase and Pro Tools being being the top two that I use. Um. And so I've, I, you know, I, I, I played with Reaper a little bit. I don't like the routing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've downloaded um, Mixbus, the regular one, not the 32C. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the Mix console, but I don't like the transport bar. Um, well, I don't like uh, anything else about it. <laughs> okay. Um, and and you know what? Now that you mention it, I just might go back to Cuboy Six because that was the last that was the last mix environment that I really really liked visually. Yeah, I, I didn't find Nine to be all that interesting. Yeah, nothing um, in there that piqued my interest. There's a new version I every like, six months or something, isn't there? Uh, every year and a half. Yeah, yeah Cubase Nine is the current version yeah. and I had a, a copy of that for a little bit it's no longer valid and I haven't bothered to contact uh, Yamaha to renew it because mm-hmm. I looked at the workflow and just like nope yeah <laughs> so I don't care that I have this dongle now that's and you have to pretty much have everything is it is it one of the Steinberg it is a very specific one for NFRs gotcha <laughs> You guys want some coffee? Uh, I got coffee. You got coffee? You're out of coffee? Yeah. But, well, I have yeah. to warm it up. I'll be okay. right back. All right. Um, yeah, so I... But I do like Cubase 8's comping tool. I wish well, seven, more eight, DAWs had that. 7, 8, and 9 have that. Um, and they introduced that in 7. Okay. Um, eight is the, f- like, I didn't use seven all that much. I used eight and found that. 
the only tool. the only difference I, I I really noticed in eight was they um, they improved some of the mouse over like the hidden buttons. Oh yeah, I noticed that they improved some of that I for eight. They um, hated they, seven for that. They added they added some some deeper control on some external things. They added a uh, they added an SVT sim to their um, to their VST amps. Okay. Um, and they they updated they updated the software for the for for whatever generation of of Mac OS um, was at the time. Okay. And uh, what else did they do? They improved some stability in um, like minor bug fixes. You know, like that was that was the biggest thing about eight that that seemed to be kind of pointless to me. Is it, it? It just seemed like it just seemed like a like a visually it was a little different and and but it was mostly just bug fixes. Yeah. Yeah. So the only um, thing I found eight useful for was recording. Mm-hmm. I just like its mixing and mastering capabilities. Yeah, and I, I I still I have no problem. I mean, we do this podcast on it um, on seven. I still have no problem recording and editing and I, I I plan to do all of that in Cubase until I have a reason not to yeah. um, but the more the more that I explore other options the more I the, 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 the less I want to mix in Cubase I don't like mixing in Cubase yeah what I given the option and the money to do it I would use Cubase as my Recording editing software, bounce out, and then probably use Reaper for mixing. For mixing, yeah. And then, I don't know, it doesn't really matter what you use for mastering. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been toying with, I've been using um, Studio One for mastering, and I've been, toy, I've been toying with the idea of, um, I have 2.6. Okay. Um, but Aren't they on three? They're on three point something, like 3.3, I think. Um, one of the big valuable things in three that they didn't have in two was automation in the mastering window. They, they call it the project window, but you can't automate anything, any function at all in the um, in version two, but they put in all of those functions in version, version three. three. Um, uh, but it's a, it's a $200 upgrade for me. Yeah. Once you factor in the... <clears throat> The exchange rate and all that, so I, I just haven't been willing to willing to take the plunge. I figure if any for if just need, automation, exactly. If I need to automate something, I'll move into Pro Tools. I had a conversation with somebody about Pro Tools recently because they were they have Pro Tools ten, and for whatever reason, it was crashing on them. So they called and asked about it and. I don't know. From what I heard, it sounded like they were updating their OS. Oh yeah. And then it was just like, yeah, you don't do that when you're using an old version of a piece of software ever, <laughs> right? Because the moment that that doesn't work anymore, it doesn't work. Yeah, and you have to go back. Yeah, I still. I'm after that. After that nightmare of an upgrade. For uh, for the studio computer here, 
I haven't been willing to do a single upgrade on anything uh, except for my phone. Um, I I haven't ever experienced like an upgrade that has screwed things over for me, uh, but I have heard the stories, and thus, yeah, I'm I, usually unwilling to do an update unless I have to. I've told I've told you the up, the upgrade horror story, the update horror story here at the studio, right? You but, probably have. I'm just, just so I was on I was on ten point eight point two or something like that, and um, ten point nine came out whatever I don't even remember what they were um, for Mac and I thought this is this will be this is good it's a good reason to to um, upgrade uh, I haven't done it in a, you know I haven't done it in a little bit um, let me upgrade so I, I installed the update and the computer would stay on for a maximum 12 minutes at a time Oh. And then, and then it would give me the blue screen of death, which in the Mac world is far is far worse even than than the Windows world. Yeah, because the Mac will usually do something to stop that from even happening. Well, and 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 the, the and what it turned out to be was I had I had a driver for the Cubase dongle, the Steinberg dongle. Yeah, that was outdated by. Probably eight years. Uh, you know what? It, it was probably probably five years at that point because uh, I'd, I'd installed it at the beginning and not since. Anyway, so it, it turned out to be that driver, but I had twelve minutes at a time to back up all my all my stuff, wipe the hard drive, and reinstall the reinstall the older operating system, and then Jeez. reinstall everything else. It, two and a half days. Yeah, two and a half days. I think I slept, you know, four or five hours. Those two and a half days, I pulled a Joey um, hmm. and to, to to get that through. It was it was awful, and and, and it's made me super skittish about upgrading. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I so skittish that this time last year I had a conversation. Excuse me, I just burped into the microphone. I apologize, everybody. Well, apologize to the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Um but I I I actually I actually considered um taking like shutting down the studio for a few days, taking the tower into the pros, having them upgrade and do like a like a tune up. Yeah. Um and then then bringing the thing back. Hmm. Yeah. I never went through with it because I never had time. I I couldn't work out I was working uh I was trying to negotiate that with um Westworld and I couldn't work out a specific time for drop off and pick up because I need to know those kind of things right um, and so uh, it was I, I just never ended up going through with it are you poding yeah you guys are talking about the dog yeah yeah she lost her bone under the couch right before we started the podcast and, uh, She's just staring at the couch. She wants. She oh, wants giving us puppy. She wants someone to rescue it. Yeah. She'll forget about it eventually. <laughs> um, and I'll pull it out later, and she'll be like, "Oh my god, this is the best day ever! Thank you for the toy." Um, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, so skittish. I've heard of many stories of like some guys who have 
this plugin they absolutely love, and it, it's the company that made it no longer exists, and so there's <laughs> yeah. no support for it, and so I'm not updating my computer because yeah. like nothing is changing on that computer because I know the moment I do that plugin's not going to work. Speaking of Tokyo Dawn, yeah, you were talking about that. Um, I still, I still never found it. Well, no, I'm not worried about that, but they that have a funny. they have an EQ that is like what you're talking about, a uh, dynamic EQ. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, they tried so to explain it to me. Right now has the Clark Technic Pultec EQs. Okay. Did I send did I send you this? I thought I texted. No. I, I was texting a few people about it. 299 American. Mm. Um, they're backordered like fuck, right? So you might not get it, it until November, be. but um, but November. 299 American mm. with delivery that's under 500 each. Like what, with delivery and customs and all that, under 500 each. Canadian. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It made me. It made me. And you'll get candy. And you'll get what? Candy. What? Sweet water? Yes, well, they send. They send I know candy? in the past, like if you order stuff from them, they give you candy in the box. Really? Yeah. That's why they're called sweet water. Or well, that's probably not the first upon upon their name. No. Like like they, I know people who've <laughs> bought things from Sweetwater and they got candy. Huh. Along with right. their thing. <laughs> their toy. That's yeah. what I heard is what they do is like you order something from them, they put like a couple candies in there. And yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if they still do it. That was like years ago that I heard that right. people have gotten candy. Maybe they don't do it anymore. I'm trying to think of what I got from Sweetwater. Um, I think, because I, I, I haven't bought a lot from them. I haven't fact, either because I, I can usually get uh, cheaper in the country. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, I don't think I bought a single thing from Sweetwater. I've just went on Sweetwater to like to check out their website because it's the better one. Yeah, there. it's the better one to look for the products and get information and stuff. Yeah. Before we lose everybody, what you should ask me: What's new with me? Because you we, know what I'm going to say. Should we? Um, <laughs> Should we be talking to this guy? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> leave it up to you. Yeah, okay. Um, I need to get some coffee. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go so, get it for you. No, 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 no. You tell us what's new with you. I, oh, can, I can still hear you from around the corner. Yeah, okay. So what's new with you, Glenn? What's going on? Well, not a lot uh, at all. Okay, I've shut that's everything not the down. Way, that's not the way to start. You're supposed to be like, here's some made, crazy, exciting thing that I have. That was, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm tired and uh, off and... My solar plexus is taking a beating, and I don't want to get into that. But um, I'm reopening in the fall, like I told you last time. Um, and in the meantime, I'm looking for space, a space, a good space. Oh, yeah. Not anything. Commercial space is zoned to be commercial, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're living above it, I mean, if there's a space that's already built and it has a kitchen and it has 
um, uh, bathtub, like all the things that are required, then you're, even though it's a commercially zoned space, you should be able to live up there, right? Um, I don't know what the law is about that. But I thought maybe you would know. Because uh, I know in Vancouver and in Toronto, there's lots of people that live in commercial spaces. It's not a big deal. Well, every place has their own laws about living in a commercial space. Some some places even have it so that if you're on like a heritage area, like, I don't know, I'm just thinking of uh, Route 66 in New Mexico. If you're on that route and you have a location that's been there since like the beginning of that road, because yeah. it was like the, the road that you used to go across America yeah. at the time. Um, you were allowed to live in your your business because that's what people did a hundred years ago, right? But uh, hmm. same time, if you weren't on that road, you weren't allowed to do that. That's the only, but I don't know what it's like here in Edmonton. Right. Yeah, it's not as enlightened as as other places. I mean, that said, if you don't tell anybody, yeah, if they don't know, know, yeah. Although James might know more about it. Well, we're just talking about um, commercial spaces that, you know, you live in. I mean, you did that here for a little while because you were. Yeah, about three months. Yeah, because you were working and building. I, as the, the moment that I, the moment that I could, though, I got a space just south of here. Yeah. Um, and I paid like 50 bucks a month for, because the, for the bedroom. Because living that just close to, to your out. business is problematic. Um. Well, so, so first off, it's illegal. Yeah, there are there are maybe three areas of town left that allow um, residential and commercial spaces to be the same thing. Yeah, um, uh, White Ave. Uh, and no, um, only a few, only a few buildings, and 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 they're they're all on a grandfathered basis. Yeah, um, do they allow that still? Um, there's there's not a lot there's not a lot left. Anyway, no. so so. If if you're planning on living in your space, mm-hmm. just know that it's illegal. Yeah, um, and there's huge fines. I think the I think the fine is twenty five hundred. Probably has gone up. Possibly. Yeah. Um, the uh, the reason the reason that it's not a common thing, or sorry that that they 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 separate it is because they're trying to minimize the liability of the fire department. In case of a, in case of an emergency, where you know they come in, they're not expecting a resident. If the place is burning in the middle of the night, they're not going to go looking for a resident. So if you die, yeah. their their liability is free and clear because there's no reason for there to be a resident. Right, right. So they're using different. Uh, yeah, okay, I see. And then they they could be sued. Huh. Well, it's 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 preventing them from being sued. Yeah. Right? Like if if you lived here at the studio, let's say you moved in upstairs and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the place started on fire and I was sleeping. And you were sleeping up there. Yeah. I'm free and cl- well, I'm I'm liable because you're living in my space. My landlord is liable because you're living in his space. The fire department in the city is not liable because their rules say you're not allowed to. 
Now, there's all sorts of loopholes. They have... <clears throat> they have loopholes written in to allow for, you know, like husband gets kicked out by wife sleeps at the office for a couple nights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's loopholes to allow for those kind of things mm -hmm. in, um, but liability issues still are, you know, the city and the fire department are free and clear of those, but those loopholes exist to allow you to stay for up to three weeks at a time. Hmm. Right. And, and hmm. so there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah. Anyway, I, as a business owner, who's, 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 who I would do it if I could, like if I could, if I could reduce my cost of living and live upstairs and work downstairs, yeah. I would certainly consider that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, and I recommend every business, business owner to consider that because, you can really cut down on expenses that way. Yeah. But um, from a healthy lifestyle, you need to change the scenery. Yeah, you do. Right. And and the business end of it would it pulls you in if you're if you separate it by whatever um, distance, you can live a li healthier lifestyle, right? It depends it depends what kind of personality you are. Yeah. Like my I would work 20 hours a day if I could physically do that. Yeah. Um, and if I could not be killed by my significant other who would kill me. Yes. And we painful. know that they have the capability to do that. So. Death. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like that separation, it depends on, on what you, what it is and what you what you're loving. In your case, it's a studio, and and if you if you were working on your studio business, sixteen hours a day, twenty hours a day, mm -hmm. whatever, you and know. you go upstairs, but then you get a phone call. Like it's easier to say no, and I'm not going to drive because I had a drink or whatever. When you separate it, in my situation, it's it. But but people can't see you when they call you. That's right. Like this can. isn't this isn't video phone technology. It's not like, you know. And, and I mean, someone calls you and, and demands to get in at two in the morning. Sees you know. Let's say you answered it on Skype or on Facetime or whatever. Or you answered the door. And you, but it, it's 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 you have the opportunity to say, "Listen, I'm busy. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So let's talk about some other time. Yeah. I'd probably be asking why the fuck are you calling me at two in the morning? You woke me. It's up. always drunks or stones, stone people that call me that that late. Nighttime. Once a month for sure. Once a month you get one of those uh, at three in the morning after midnight. Yeah, oh. I, I've I've had I've had as as late in the morning as like five thirty, but that guy was from Ontario, so I don't blame him a lot. That, that um, makes sense because he's two hours ahead. Yeah, but then but then I've had. I've had um, I had one lady call me repeatedly, like three nights in a row, all about one o'clock. It sounds like that's when she got off work, but she also didn't sound sober, and she never followed through with anything that she that she wanted to do. Yeah, never never gave a deposit, never showed up. So, and, but yeah, once a month for sure, I get a I get a phone call. 
It, it was worse. I used to I used to cycle my Google ads to only run evenings and nights until about two or three o'clock in the morning. So they wouldn't cycle during the day. They, they just wouldn't show during the day. And I would get more I'd get more focused um, individuals that are looking for that kind of thing because that's, you know. Um, but I found my clientele shifted a little bit away from rock and hip hop when I, when I opened it up to the daytime. So I had more calls about, about, um, R and B non rap. Um, I had, uh, more calls for, for country or for, for that kind of stuff for, well, shifting away from the, the hard rock metal, um, rap, rap stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and and my late night calls also went down. Yeah. yeah, but I'm at a point now where if a call comes in and I don't recognize the number after ten o'clock, yeah. it just goes to voicemail. Yeah, yeah, I just won't even answer it. That's fair. Even if I'm here at the studio, you know, unless I'm expecting a call or unless I recognize the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of guys are at that point. They've built up, you know, their clientele. And like you say, if they don't recognize the email or the or the person sending it or the phone call or whatever, then yeah, they just. I mean, I think there's plenty of work to go around for everybody. Um, That's not the issue, though. Right? No. Like the, the the issue is just I. Uh, the the, the three o'clock in the morning calls. Well, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I I put my phone on silent now. Yeah. When I go to bed, I you pretty much have to, right? I just don't answer after ten o'clock. Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's more about more about maintaining the sanity of my home life and your mind, right? Because I'm I'm still of the I'm still of the opinion that if a call comes in, I want to answer it, yeah. and I want to talk business, and I want to talk about someone's project, and I don't really care. I don't really, I don't even really care if they wake me up to do it. Yeah. Because um, I generally am pretty okay. Waking as long up. as we're talking, as long as we stay on point. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a grump when, when someone wakes me up. Not right. Usually, not usually anyway. You know, it takes me a few moments to or, orient myself, but, um, so I, I would, I would totally have a conversation at 3 a.m. about a recording next month. Right. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but the other people in the house are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've just you know, made that firm yeah. set of rules and that's, that's fine. Yeah. If it's important, they'll call back or leave, or a, leave a message or send an email or, and, and that's, that, that's the approach that I took. Um, I still make sure I get back to everybody. Um, I, every once in a while I might forget to reply to somebody if I'm really busy or something, but young medicine, uh, I saw something on Facebook. I regained access to my Facebook account. There's a problem there uh, with Facebook itself, as well as uh, just I'm an idiot. And uh, I lost access. But if Young Medicine is out there or anybody who knows them, tell Kurt I will master his latest work. And he can get a hold of me or I'll get a hold of him later this week. I had to say that just to get it out there. Cool. All right. Um, hey, let's, uh, since we're, since we're kind of on the topic of mastering, let's talk about mastering. 
Okay. Let's talk about mastering. Let's talk about mastering. Um, Glenn, <laughs> you're the mastering expert here yeah, well, of the three of us. Yeah. Um, but Joey, yeah. you do things uniquely. Mm-hmm. Does he? Um, well, he does things uniquely about just about everything yeah. he does is pretty unique. Um, <laughs> and so I would love to hear. I have things that work for me, and I know they're not the way most people work. Exactly. That's okay. Oh, I know it's okay. I, I, I seen a guy. I, people are more than happy with my project. So. Yeah. I seen, I, I worked with a guy at Machine Room that if you, he, he would, uh, he had two, well, one of them was my fridge and he had his fridge and we put them together. Mm, I, and Fridge took me a moment. Uh, his name is Baron and he, he did live sound a lot. He did live sound really well. His recording wasn't the greatest, but his live stuff was really good. Anyways, he would put everything through a bus. Like everything through yeah. its own bus. I mean... It's what I do. Yeah, it's what you do, yeah. Um, you mean Hell, like on, put a, on a mix? buses through buses. So. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can <laughs> even do that. No, yeah, he, I, would, he put I a filter, compressor through I a bus. I filter everything through buses. We're, we're, this, 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 no, I didn't want to okay, go Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Mastering. Let's start. Mastering. Explain your typical, and I know things aren't really typical, but your mastering chain. My ma- well, Yeah, like, like, do you, do you, you get a song from okay. someone. Sure. So let's assume that it sounds okay and it doesn't yeah. need any mixed revisions. Yeah. Like you're not call you're not you're not calling the guy back and saying, dude, there's why too is much your, bass. Yeah. Turn it yeah. down. Why is your you bass twelve loud. decibels louder than everybody has signed else. off yeah. on the mix. Yeah. It's yours now. Okay. Okay. What's the first thing you do? Uh listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair enough. That's yeah. fair. Okay. Excellent. Um I don't know. And what are you what are you doing? Like, what is the point of listening? What are you trying to achieve by listening? Well, I'm just going to try to find things that uh, that stick out to me, I guess. Okay. Small things, usually. Because I'm going to try to keep it sounding as close to the, the mix as, as possible. Uh, but if I notice, like, maybe there's some low-mid mud or something that's not as tight as it could be I'm going to then take an EQ and try to tighten that up a bit right. uh, maybe I noticed that the snare is just kind of buried a little bit so I might bump that up a bit so that you know the snare gives the song more life if that's what I feel like it needs um, I'll probably then Depending on how the mix went, I might then have a chain of compressors going on. A chain of compressors? Yes. Okay. What, um, what uh, first off, do you have specific compressors that you use or it's it, it pretty Well, I'd probably on... try to find as transparent of a compressor as I could. And then you stack them? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Because uh, doing like, if I only do say three dB of compression, saying let's let's assume the song's not compressed all that much from the mixes, but they want mm. a loud master. 
the only way I'm going to do that is if I stack a bunch of compressors before I go to the limiter. Gotcha. So I'm going to want to have a compressor, maybe, or a series of compressors, maybe doing 3 dB of gain reduction each, because then that will compress the file and bring it up while being more transparent than if I was to do a single compressor doing 9 dB or something. Right. Like it'll be the equivalent amount, but stacking them is usually more transparent. And then go to a, a limiter. And sometimes I, I, I add saturation, like I might add a tape machine or something that'll um, saturate the, the song a bit because maybe I, I feel like that saturation just brings everything and makes it thicker or something. Um, do, you have, do you have specific plugins that you use or like? That you go back to regularly because you, you say you you look for things that are clean and transparent for the most part. Um, so you must have you must have an idea of the uh, stuff that you the have. Sonic's uh, dynamic compressor, I think that's pretty transparent so long as you're not aggressive with it. Um, I mean, digital compressors in general can be transparent as long as they're not trying to mimic something. I find. Uh, and you just got to be careful with how you use it. It's, um, but anyway, at the same time, I do add stuff that adds character too. Like what? Uh, like I might use the Sonics um, inflator. Oh yeah, oh, that thing. Yeah, it changes mean, nice what things thing, sound yeah. like, but it generally does it in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love inflator. I almost always use inflator. If if they want that, like my go to plugins in general are the Sonic stuff, right? And you um, you use uh, Sonic's native stuff, right? Like you yes. don't you don't use Sonic's through Universal Audio or uh, no? Yeah, no, I use the native stuff. Cool. Even the native stuff is super. Um, I, I don't know what all they have for the Universal Audio in terms of their plugins. I know they don't have all of them though. No, they, they they have they have a compressor, they have a, an EQ, and they have the inflator. And it's I think expensive that stuff. Might be it. Yeah, three hundred yeah. bucks for a plugin. Well, that's that's pretty average. That's yeah, for, I guess. yeah for the for it's about uh, I think it's like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred for the elite package, which is like quite literally everything that they have. Fifteen hundred about that. Okay. So that's like... Uh, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you got your EQ, your compressor, inflator, limiter. Um, those are the main ones I use. But they also have reverbs. Um, Oxford has some really nice stuff. Too. Well, it is Oxford. Well, this is Oxford have, Sonics. Yeah. yeah. They have some restoration stuff too. They have a yep. D-Buzz, a D-Click, a D-Buzz. A uh, a really... Interesting deesser that mm-hmm. I've yet to try out. The yeah, super I can. Yeah, you just pick it, it, it. The interface is a little strange. I haven't got my head around it. You either. pick a general range of where you want it to DS, and it automates itself to adjust to whatever frequency is currently the loudest in that area. So if it's a voice, whatever. If it's cymbals, it'll automatically adjust. Yeah, it, it's because a lot of 
people like myself complained that DSers don't automate themselves. Or, or you attenuate. have to automate the frequency in order to isolate like the certain frequencies because not every S is going to be the same frequency. Right. Whereas the the super DSer or whatever it's called, it does that for you. It mm-hmm. it finds that problem frequency. Right on. And automates itself. So you say you, you use the Oxford Inflator. Dynamics or the Oxford Dynamic EQ? Uh, I use both. Okay. Cool. I use all of their compressors, EQs. Their um, limiter is like no other limiter I've ever used. It, I like their limiter. Their limiter is really good at pushing things pretty high. Oh, yeah. And like more often than not, I'm not even hitting gain reduction and I'm getting it to where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thing. Uh, yeah, I think the um, UAD has more than just the three that I thought. I, I'm pretty sure UAD has a lot of them. But yeah, I'm not going to reinvest just to have the UAD version. What, no, and I mean, you're you're still running on a on a smaller UAD card anyway, so yeah. So it, it just makes sense to take advantage of, especially with the new computer, how how much horsepower? Excuse me, how much horsepower that thing's going to have? Oh yeah, right. I mean, the old computer had horsepower anyway, but yeah, the new one's just—it's going to race circles around the old one. Um, yeah, so they just added the the dynamic EQ to the uh, to the UAD stuff, um, and. Uh, um, oh, as a saturation thing. I um I bought a UAD uh, Apollo Twin, yeah, right, a uh, secondhand one, and it came with uh, their six ten plug-in, the modern one. Cool. And they put a tr- uh, an, an output fader on it, so that you can drive the preamp really hard, and Ooh. then and then adjust the output. Right. Um, I should do that with the actual preamp. I know. <laughs> um, that's that's one of the reasons why I won't buy a, a solo six ten, and I'll only buy the uh, the um, the rack LA, mount the LA six ten or the, uh, the ones with the compressors on them. Yeah, because they got they got the output faders. Anyway, so I was trying it out as a distortion box the other day on a mix. Yeah. Good God, did it sound awesome! <laughs> like. It does the really subtle thing really nicely, but you can really push it hard and bring out some really nice crunch without ever getting overwhelming. Hmm. Mm, sexy. So the compressor as a distortion? No, not, not the it's compressor, just the, just the preamp. As, oh, as, the preamp. Yeah. Okay. Preamp yeah. simulator. Mm-hmm. You don't have a Tektronics uh, LA-2A, do you? A Tektronics? Or, no. Teletronics? Uh, Whatever. What it, okay, um, like the plug the white, in, the, oh. plug-in or hardware? The hardware. <laughs> Why do I not see it? I, I just pointed to the rack. Um, yeah, well, indicating. you've got to have it somewhere in there. <laughs> no, man. No. Um, the, the closest thing I have to, uh, to an LA-2 is the Joe Meek. Or the um, oh, okay yeah the, and and the, the Joe Meek's not tube at all right um, it's uh, it's meant to be far more clean 
Well, that's that's not yeah, yeah su- super nice. I yeah. really I really like it as a clean, transparent thing. Um, but then I have I have the uh, the brute, um, the VU meter in the five hundred rack. You see that? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, need your glasses. No, this is <laughs> yeah, terrible okay, radio. Well, you got so much there. I don't know, but it's the only VU meter. Oh, okay. In, yes, in, in I see. I, oh, that is nice. Yeah. So, so that guy, that guy's kind of an that. LA three clone, um, but it doesn't have the fast attacks that the LA three has. Right. So it's got much more of a slow attack. Um, that but could be a good thing, though. Really nice. Yeah, it's it's it sounds awesome, except for heavy first transients. Okay. Yeah, and then it's got this thing. I have a I have a limiter in the rack that I that I pair right after it to. Um, to catch that that thing yeah mm. it is what it is yeah it is what it is yeah um quote cool so so you're you're mostly the oxford stuff the sonics uh, yeah the Sonic that's stuff. my default like workhorse stuff is that your workhorse stuff for most of your mixing as well yeah yeah sweet yeah very cool i i just yeah, I really like them and the ability to change them. Like the EQ, you can change to three different types of EQ. Or is it four? Um, three different types of EQ? Yeah. It can go from like American to British. Uh, oh, okay. Kind of slopes so, gotcha. to it. Which, so you which can have like some super wide cues if you need it to be. Does it have saturation built into it or is it? Mostly clean. I've never used it for saturation. There's a. I should maybe push a signal through it to see if it just to see distorts it well. Yeah. There's a mastering engineer across the pond, and uh, she does all kinds of heavy people, and she's been doing it a very, very long time. She's probably in her sixties, almost maybe fifties. Anyways. She's still doing it, and she's got. She's the one that turned me on to uh, those crystal converters. They're called crystal converters. They're no prism. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you have one of those, just having one of those gets you some clients. <laughs> um, I mean, I think they're thirty they, grand. But but that's the thing is they wouldn't get any of us clients. No. Right. The, no. The, the, the people the people that we would do mastering for wouldn't even know what that what was, that was. Is, or the value it is yeah. and we and we therefore couldn't charge but i would love to hear one additional because of it you do, you, have. do you guys have any prism products uh not that i'm aware of no i think it's a pretty specialty thing cuz i mean even online it was hard to find if we can get it it's one of those things where you have to pay us uh probably 25% down and you'll not get that money back if you decide not to yeah. take it. Yeah. That's fair. I just, anyways, she has 10, I think it's 10 gain staging, uh, different gain stages. Okay. And, I mean, she gets a couple dB out of this unit. Whoops. Another couple dB out of another unit. Um, and that's before she even goes into or back to uh, 
or she explained her whole chain and I'm like, oh, wow, do I ever have a long way to go? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like she was doing something similar to what I was talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, you can do it all in the box. It's just her, her chain is like really quite complicated. Mm. Like, cause there's also, she's using, I think Sadie. So there's, you have two separate computers. (laughs) Excuse me. Computer A and computer B. So everything is cop being caught. Like, anyways, it's complicated. That, yeah. that system, I looked into that after, as we, the last time you were here, you talked about that. And I just re-listened to that episode of the podcast last week. So I, I did some more looking into that. And it seems like that system was, was built around older computer capabilities with the intention of one computer can't handle both the both the output and the new recording process. Right. And so you have to have two computers, one that plays back the signal yeah. and the other that records the newly mastered track. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's that's something that you just don't need in today's computing. Right. You just don't have that don't have that problem. Right. Uh, if if you're working with um, if you're working with a Pro Tools system, Pro Tools Aggregate is a good example of something where you can combine several different uh, ADDA converters and and run them independently and still have you know like um, Terry over at uh, at the auto department, he has a couple of Burl, um, Ooh. a couple of Burl converters. Nice. I can't remember which ones because I don't know the the Burl lines, but he. He yeah. he outputs through whatever it is, and his mixes because he mixes everything analog. Um, he he mixes back into the burl on his two bus, and he says without that, like that's the that's the finisher on every mix um, for him, and it it adds whatever character that it does that he absolutely can't live without. But he's using two different he's using two different. Um, companies of converters for that process right right Hmm. and just all through all through pro tools aggregate i think is the is the standard device but even reaper has a thing where does it in the middle of your uh plug-in chain you can have a thing that says okay you're going to go out of this output and back into this input and that will be this insert slot yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and and so that's. Um, I started going down there at the beginning. Um, that's what I'm. I've been loving about Pro Tools twelve point three. I think we might have even talked about this last time. How I can twelve point three and beyond allows you to insert hardware like that, which is nothing new. That part's been around for. Forever. Oh yeah, yeah. But it allows you to bounce in real time up to that insert slot yeah but then but then the new bounced file will keep all the existing plugins all the automation and all that kind of stuff that follows that hardware slot um so that um uh recall is no longer an issue yeah i'm i'm fucking loving that i'm fucking loving that i'm fucking loving i'm fucking loving that Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to. I'm going to be working through that process over the next month um, to figure it out because that's going to be awesome. 
once I have it figured out, yeah, it's going to it be fantastic. Sounds like awesome. Yeah. Idea. It's awesome. Awesome. Fucking love it. I'm suspicious of both of you. What, what do you think? There's something wrong with us? <laughs> okay, so let's go, let's, let's go back to the mastering thing. Um, so we talked about, Joey, you're a Sonics guy. Um, and you, don't, you, you tend not to use hardware in your mastering chain, right? Pretty rare anyway. Um, I'll record with hardware, but the moment it's in the box, I don't want to go back out. There you go. Hmm. So Glenn, what's your chain? What's your process? Um, I don't have time. Process? Uh, to go into that, really. I we do have time to, to mention th- something just got time. really quick. we got three minutes. Okay, Young Medicine, if you're out there, you already, I'm calling you. You, you already okay. mentioned that. My, my chain, I don't have two computers. Otherwise, uh, and there's no point in it anymore because our computers are so powerful. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm using the... Um, UFX. Oh, that's the RME. Yeah, and in in it, I've got uh, this thing called Total Total Effects. It's they're basically their mixing board, but it it includes some DSP hardware DSP stuff. That stuff I'm going to introduce into my final like next project I get. That's what I'm going to be using is the compressor and the limiter on it as well. So um, I'm just trying to figure out how to route it all. And I mean, it has routing software. It's just getting your head around that piece of software that controls the freaking box. Are they? Isn't the easiest thing to do. um, Are you able to incorporate them into your... um, into your uh, DAW, yeah, yes, really, yes, and I, I tried to tell you that last time I was here uh, after the show. Mm. It it is the the way they designed that piece. Uh, I don't know why. Well, I mean, I guess some other guys are trying to do it, but why not just get this guy? Look, there it is, right there. Yeah, and I'm trying to use the compressor in it. Uh, huh. so I'm going to have to figure that out. See, there it is up in the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm usually only using two tracks, right? Like left and right. Fair enough. But I could also use the 24 that I've got, uh, for tracking, right? It's an amazing piece and it sounds mm, nice, really nice. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've heard lots of good things about the RME stuff, Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that they're, I didn't know that they also had um, um, DAW-capable uh, plugins. Yeah. Which is cool. Is it DAW-capable? I thought it was all on board. Well, well and, and, and see, that's, that's the problem. It, it's, it's on board in their software. So I, you're going to master through their software. Y- through, yeah, and then come back. Oh, I got And you. I don't know if I can okay. even do that, but I'm going to try. Yeah, you should be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because the routing is amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting that's an interesting way of doing it. Um, I wouldn't have thought of that. Well, um, you're not me. That's true. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's uh, that's the end of our show this week. Um, 
I have no idea what we talked about. I'm going to have to re-listen to find out. But uh, in the meantime, I guess we'll see you all next time. I'm looking forward to it. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.